The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they got ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, yes, Lord, you you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Then he said to them the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I ask, as always, that we join our hearts today in prayer. Living God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I like to think that I am a pretty joyful person. I'm happy, passionate, and I'm quick to laugh. That's just who I am. That is my most natural state of being. And in my most natural state, my fully realized this is me kind of state, I feel in that place, 
that I am best able to reveal God's goodness all around me. And yet some days I get grumpy. Some days I get sad or angry or stressed or overwhelmed or anxious. That's part of life, and I understand that. It's okay to be these things, but it is exponentially harder to reveal God's goodness when you're feeling that way. I don't like being grumpy, sad, angry, stressed, overwhelmed. That's not my natural state of being. My wife seems to know this about me. She knows that I'm joyful, passionate, quick to laugh. And one of the things I love the most about her is that she has a way of reminding me who I am when I somehow forget. This kind of thing has happened many, many times, but I remember just the other week I was feeling stressed. I was anxious. I had a lot on my mind and I was being a little distant. We ate dinner together and I was kind of quiet, which is very atypical. (laughs) And while I was quiet, my mind was grim and restless. And after dinner, I went and I'm standing over the kitchen sink and I'm washing our dinner plates. And my wife employed her, her tried and true strategy. She said, hey, I love you. And I've finished scrubbing at the plate and the pans and I mumble back, yeah, love you too. And I step over to the dish towel and I start drying off the pan that I've been washing. And she says to me again, hey, I love you. And I said, yeah, I love you too. And I, I bent down to put the pan away and standing right next to me as I stood back up again, my wife looks at me again and says, hey, I love you. And this time it was like a light just broke through the gloom under which I was buried. I saw her standing there in my way with new eyes. And it was like I heard her, actually heard her for the very first time. And I felt, felt a little bit ashamed, a little heartbroken. I, I'd realized what was happening. I had been just reciting along with some ritual. I love you, I love you too. And I didn't mean the words I was saying, but this time I heard her. So unearthed from this fog of stress and distracted anxiety, I hugged her. Remembering finally who I was, and I said, hey, I love you too. I needed that persistence to drag me up from the gloom under which I was buried. I needed multiple moments of grace, a love that I did not deserve, in order to respond genuinely, to be myself, and to see the world with new unburdened eyes. Her faithful persistence reminded me who I am. It allowed me to see the world through her eyes, with new eyes. I was buried, but her words of grace brought me back. So much in life can bury us, distract us, draw us away from ourselves. Grief and stress, pain and fear, worry and insecurity are all parts of the dirt of life that seem to be trying their best to bury us day after day. And we see that very phenomenon happen in our gospel lesson today. Peter is probably buried in guilt. 
There have been accounts of Christ's resurrection, and according to John's gospel, the risen Christ even appeared to the disciples twice in a locked room. And yet here we find Simon Peter, I would argue still buried in grief and shame. He's seen the risen Christ, but this dirt of grief and shame keep burying him. He wants some modicum of control over his life, and so he sets out to do the mundane task that he knows to do. I'm going fishing. But even that doesn't go well. All night long, and they catch nothing. Peter just can't catch a break. Peter just can't get anything right. And then some man on the shore says, you have no fish, do you? And they say, no. And he says to cast their nets on the other side. They bring in a net-breaking haul that somehow doesn't break the net, and Peter realizes it is the Lord. In joy, the disciples join him around the breakfast fire, and there begins the questioning by Jesus. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times this question is asked, and twice Simon Peter responds, Yeah, sure, Lord, you know. You know I love you. And maybe it's just the way this story strikes my ear, but I've always heard these first responses as rote recitation, speaking out of obligation, distant and detached, responses that are still buried in guilt and shame. But the third time, something changes. Consider the last time that we heard from Peter in the gospel. Yeah, he he ran to the tomb, but we didn't hear him say much there. The last time we heard Simon Peter speak, he was standing by another charcoal fire. He was warming himself against a cold night as he was asked three times, Aren't you that man's disciple? And three times he said, I don't know him. And the cock crowed. So now three questions are put to Simon Peter again. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter's heart broke. He hurt because the Lord had asked him three times. He realized what was happening, for this was the Lord God in his midst. He knew that he had denied Christ three times because that guilt and shame was what had been burying him for these days since his master's death. And now new light, new hope was bursting through Simon Peter, son of John. With a broken and contrite heart, Peter professes to Christ the deepest truth he knows. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Three times Peter denied him, and so three times Jesus gives him the chance to be redeemed. In this moment on the lake shore by another charcoal fire, Jesus shows a persistent grace that shakes Peter out of the fog of lip service to see clearly that Christ is working resurrection in his life. Yes, Lord, I love you. You are risen indeed. We need this persistent grace. We need those people in our lives who can break through the fog, the dirt, the weight that draws us away from ourselves and our calling. We need those people who can speak with God's voice in our lives, naming us beloved and reminding us who we are. This is God's love shared with our voices, our hearts, our hands. We need God's love to tend to us day by day because it is easy to feel buried. 
It is easy to be resigned to the place of death, buried in the dirt of life, mired in gloom, and unable to see resurrection's light. And yet, as we recognize Rogation Sunday today, we know that God is always this faithful gardener, always tending to us with grace and mercy, showering us with forgiveness and love day by day. Sometimes it takes a while for us to be tended in such a way that we break through all that was burying us in distraction, shame, guilt, and fear. Peter and I both needed three petitions to be reminded that we were worthy of love. And sometimes it takes a lot more. It takes a while to break loose and grow into the light of resurrection. But when that happens, perhaps as we shake off the dust of that which had buried our lives... And realize that God was speaking words of grace again and again, as many times as we need to be able to rise in hope, we'll come to the realization that we are not buried. We are planted. On this Rogation Sunday, we remember and bless those who do the faithful work of persistent and often unacknowledged care. Stewardship of creation is an ongoing ministry of the church. The creation that God declared good is entrusted to the care of humankind. Exercising that care is one dimension of daily Christian discipleship. These rogation days are a way for the church to honor God for the gift of creation and to pray for the land, the gift of labor, and the needs of all people. Today we consider those who tend to their fields, often not knowing when the seeds that are buried in the fertile earth, rife with opportunity to grow, will finally spring forth into new life. This work of tending to the field and garden takes patience, faith, and trust. In this work, there is something to be learned for each of us who gather around the promise of God's grace. As we consider the dirt we bring with us to worship today to be blessed, we would be remiss to ignore the dirt we bring each Sunday. All the dirt that buries us and prevents us from hearing the voice of love speaking truth into our lives. We pray today that the Spirit breathes new life into this dirt, which we bring home to spread in our gardens. We pray as well that as God did in creation, God breathes new life into the dirt and mess of our lives, that we see God's presence and abundance in the midst of the mess, and that witnessing to God's presence in the midst of the mess, we may break through into the light of resurrection in which we can grow as God's faithful. God is speaking love, God is breathing life, God is giving growth. As we carry this dirt home today, we pray that it will be a sign for us of God's faithfulness, that as we see new life springing forth, we remember a God who works new life in us. And so the question remains, as life layers on the dirt that buries us in grief, anger, stress, doubt, fear, and pain, are we buried? Or are we planted? I believe it's important to reconsider our circumstances because those two answers, buried or planted, aren't too much different. The difference for me lies in that, though, in that those who are planted know that they will grow. Those who are planted are listening to the voice of compassion and mercy that is speaking love, light, and resurrection and new life over our brokenness. Those who are planted listen to the voice of the gardener who says, I love you. I love you. Rise, bear fruit that will feed my sheep. And yet, even if we can't live in that hope of being planted right now, even if we believe truly that we are simply buried, 
even if we are not listening for that voice of love, that voice speaks on. That voice proclaims love and redemption, showering us with grace, breaking us free from the dirt of life that buries us. That voice proclaims love into our lives and so we're willing to hear it and live into it, no matter how long that takes. That's a love we don't deserve. That's grace. This is about more than just the power of positive thinking. There will be days where it feels more like being buried than being planted, and that's okay. Whether we think we are buried or planted, the promise, the hope by which we love, by which we live, is that God is tending the garden. God is meeting us like Simon Peter by the lake shore and offering us new life and redemption in ways that only the God who knows us intimately can bring. God is working resurrection for each of us. God is working resurrection for this church. The frustrating thing about being buried or planted is that this growth is happening in ways we can't see. We need signs to the ways in which God is working new life in our lives. So look to the fields throughout this season and see the signs of hope, signs of resurrection that are growing all around us. Like a seed, it takes faith, patience, trust, and hope to believe in the promise of resurrection. This promise of resurrection is that God is working in unseen ways. God is giving the growth. God is persistently speaking to us in words of love that redeem us day by day. Whether you are feeling buried or planted, hear the Lord speaking to you now. I love you. I love you. Rise in resurrection light. Bear fruit that will feed my sheep. Amen.